Welcome back, friends! Lost Scarf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. In this podcast, we go over talking about everything that has to do with Kirby, from the beginning to the present, and maybe future projects as they go. Definitely share this podcast with everyone you know that loves Kirby, because I'm going to cover everything, and there will be something about Kirby that you or your friends don't know. We also have a Twitter if you want to contact us. It's at Kirby Dreamcast, where we will tweet about the podcast and retweet about things like Kirby news and Kirby fan art and toys and so on. So let's talk about the news. There's a lot going on. Oh my god. Okay, so first up, we've passed 10,000 days since the birth of Kirby. It's an interesting one to celebrate, but still, Friday the 13th of September, that was Kirby's birthday in 10,000 years. In, why did I say birthday? It's been 10,000 years since, 10,000 years, it's been 10,000 days since Kirby's been born. That's something special. Holy crap. Next news is that sadly, Kirby Cafe is closing the first week of October. It was a temporary cafe that was so popular that it ran for like, what, a year? That's pretty dang good. This is our second run. Hopefully we'll see a third run because I want to go. I definitely want to go to Japan. And yeah, definitely to see that. I want to go to the cafe. I want to go to HAL if I can actually check out HAL. I don't know if you're allowed to look at these buildings, like the developer buildings. I'd like to go there, though. That'd be kind of cool for me. And the last news to mention is the father of Kirby. Masahiro Sakurai won a bunch of awards recently. He won the Ministry of Economy Trade and Industry Award, the Best Sales Award, the Global Award for Japanese Product, and the Grand Award. Like, that's the big one for that whole conference. And this was, of course, for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And when he accepted the Grand Award, he mentioned that the late legendary Satoru Iwata, one of the founding members of HAL themselves, asked him to bring Smash Bros. to Switch. That was his final mission from Iwata. Because at the time, if you didn't know... Iwata was the president of Nintendo, the Switch was his vision, and Sakurai was there with him from a long time ago. Sakurai was 19 when he was hired into HAL, if he didn't know that. And so, Sakurai has known Iwata his entire adult life, and this was his final mission before his passing. So that's why Sakurai put so much effort into Smash. Because not only is Smash his big thing, but also it was his final mission from Iwata. A man that, in a lot of ways, had to be his mentor, and someone just looking out for him for so many years. And that was a tearful moment for sure. One last bit of news to mention is that it is the 8th anniversary of Kirby's Mass Attack in the US. Came out on the 19th of September 2011, August 4th, 2011 for Japan. So that's pretty cool right there. I can't wait for us to cover that game, but it's gonna be a long time until we get to that one. So with all the news out of the way, let's talk about today's episode. And it is episode 24 of Kirby right back at you. And that is titled Ninja Binge in the US. And the Japanese title, it is Visiting Ninja Benikage. So, funny thing about Benny Kage, his name is never dropped in the episode for the US version, which is silly, but now you know what his name is. So, he's this little guy the size of Kirby who is a ninja dressed in red. I think the best way to picture it is just picture Waddle D as a ninja, just dress up as a ninja, but instead of the little nubs, they've got arms and legs. That's the best way to put it. He's just like a little guy. Another way is just he kind of looks like a Hershey kiss with that little thing at the top, like that. Best way to put it. His name means Crimson Shadow, and he is voiced by Andrew Rinalds, who is actually quite famous on Broadway. He's won Tony Awards and stuff like that. He was the voice director of Kirby and Sonic X for four kids. We also talked about him in episode 10 of the podcast when we talked about Chief Bookham. He will be his voice in the last 25 episodes of the anime, by the way. He's also the voice of Rick the Hamster. I think Rick's a hamster. The Japanese version is voiced by Kumiko Watanabe, so a lady who's best known for the voice of Shippo in Inuyasha, and is also the voice of Sergeant Kerago in Sergeant Frog, which is an anime that was around for like 10 years, so if you like that anime, that's her. 
Fun fact to learn is while working on Inuyasha, she met and fell in love with Koji Sujitani, who is also known as Moroku. So Shippo and Moroki got married. Moroki. Shippo and Moroko. Mor- oh my god. Shippo and Moroku got married. So just hit canon that if you're a fan of Inuyasha. Just for fun. Just for fun. Uh, she was a voice actress since 1986, so she was 33 years as a voice actress. So she's been at it for a long time. She's actually still active today, so good for her. Her husband, not so much. He had a heart attack last year. So, so the episode... <laughs> that's a bad way to go about it. So the episode starts at night. We see a figure sneaking around in the dark of Capitown, and they're searching for something. Interesting thing, the US version makes its music match the ninja's movements, while the Japanese one, not so much. Eventually, a figure is in Professor Kirio's house and searching around. Finally, they find a scroll and grab it. But the scroll is booby-trapped and wakes up Professor Kirio. The figure jumps to escape with the scroll and accidentally headbutts a bookstand and then falls and the scroll comes out of their hand and we see it roll to the ground and then the lights turn on. And then the awesome opener. So here's what happens next. After the great opener, which is awesome as always, Kirby, 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 we see everyone's at Professor Kirio's shop that morning and talking about the break-in. Chief Bookham asks why they'd want to try to steal a paper towel holder. Not the best U.S. joke. And Tuff grabs her from Chief Bookham asking what it is then. And Professor Curio says, well, it's not a paper towel holder, of course. And before anyone can get to that, Kirby immediately grabs the scroll from Tuff and eats it. Which is hilarious, because come on, Kirby. Chief Bookham quickly grabs Kirby and pulls it out of Kirby's mouth before he can swallow it and says no eating the evidence. Kirby's just, just eating things. It's, it's just funny to me. So Professor Kiro then explains it's a scroll that holds secrets of the ninjas. They all look at it together and it has a bunch of writing and ninja symbols on it. And we see various ninja items in columns and red triangles under them. Tuff then says, let's be ninjas, and Kirby cutely agrees. And what you see is you see kunais, ninja stars, shurikens, uh, caltraps. You just see the usual kind of like ninja fair kind of things, the stereotypical stuff that's on there. And with that, we cut to later that day, and we see that King Dedede and Escargoon are driving into Capitown to investigate what's happened to Capitown, because everyone's missing. It's quite the mystery, and these two are going to detective it, apparently. And when they get to town, they see that, yeah, there's nobody in town. What's going on? And then, bam, they get attacked with a bunch of shurikens. And kids dressed as ninjas run by, and of course, the two get annoyed, and then more kids dressed as ninjas throw shurikens at them. Like, what the heck? And then we see the kids throwing shurikens at each other, and they're all having fun being ninjas. And eventually, King Didi and Escargoon decide to get out of the tank so that they can attack the children. <laughs> so one of the kids throws out caltraps, and Escargoon and King Didi step on them, and they start dancing around from the pain of it. So they have cardboard uh, shurikens, but the caltraps are spiky, so it does actual damage, I guess. But then we see all the adults are also dressed up as ninjas. We see the mayor dressed up as a ninja. We see uh, Mail- Melman the mailman as a ninja. And they're like, we didn't know you were the, quite the dancers, and that's pretty funny there. We see Chief Bookham. Everyone's a ninja. It's just the funniest thing to see everyone as a ninja. Interesting thing, though, the US version, clear voice, Japanese version, their mouths are covered by the ninja outfits, so their voices are muffled as well. So nice detail in the Japanese version there. So then Escargoon learns about the break-in at Kiryo's place from Chief Bookham, and then we see Gengu, the toy shop owner, is the one making all the ninja supplies and the ninja gear. King Dedede decides to buy an imitation scroll that looks like Professor Curio's and tells Escargoon he's got an idea. Escargoon's like, is it nasty? Because of course that's what he's thinking about. They then drive off and we see Tuff's usual kid crew and Kirby dressed up as ninjas and they get hit with the tank smoke. And so that gets their attention. We next see King Dedede at Professor Curio's shop and the king wants to see the real ninja scroll. So he shows them, of course, the real ninja scroll 
And during this, the kids are watching from the outside, and then we see a real ninja is hanging from the ceiling, watching as well. Escargoon says he hears the ice cream man outside, which makes Professor Curio look away from his ninja scroll, because like, oh hey! And King Dedede switches the scrolls. The kids point out that King Dedede switched the scrolls, but King Dedede ignores them and just leaves with the scroll, which, you know, sucks to be Professor Curio, he can't stop the king, so he just stands there defeated. While everyone's looking out at King Dedede in the tank as he drives away, the ninja falls to the ground on his back, gets up, and then sneaks away through the back before Professor Curio can notice. This ninja's got some sneaking skills. The two villains are happy about the steal and plan on making themselves ninjas. That's what they say as they drive away. And we quick cut to Tiff watching King Dedede and Escargoon have a ninja battle where they throw smoke bombs and shurikens at each other. Unfortunately, the US version cuts this short and it's a lot longer than the Japanese version and we see Tiff react to it a lot more. They also almost hit Tiff with shurikens as well. But we just see King Dedede and Escargoon just throwing shurikens, throwing smoke bombs at each other, just trying to get each other, just having a ninja duel, which is kind of funny. And the longer version is just more of them smack-talking while also trying to get each other. And also more of Tiff just going, like, what the heck? Tiff can't believe everyone's getting into ninjas, since ninjas no longer exist. But Meta Knight corrects Tiff, saying that ninjas still exist. He then flashes back to when he fought along many other ninjas during the war with Nightmare Enterprises. He then recounts that at least one ninja still lives. This ninja betrayed those Star Warriors to serve Nightmare Enterprises. In the flashback, we see the ninja riding a big badass dragon, by the way. And we never see a dragon in the anime ever again, unfortunately. That would have been cool to see. But there's a moment they show where Meta Knight gets stabbed in the foot with a kunai from that ninja. So Meta Knight had some trouble with this guy. After the flashback, we comically see Escargoon try to climb a wall with plungers. Like, he jumps from one wall to the other, gets to the wall with the plungers, and they don't stick and he falls to the ground. And he says he should have known he'd take a plunge with these plungers. Oh my god. It's just cool seeing Escargoon move around more than normal. It's, he's actually getting into the ninja thing. It's also King Didi getting into it too. They're very active here. They've actually got some movement to them. Kind of interesting. Also, he just kind of looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle from the top side, just because, you know, the, the, uh, the head he's got. That evening, we see Kirby and the kids practicing their shuriken throwing at a target. Kirby's having fun, but he isn't landing a single shuriken, and they're giving him crap for it, but Kirby doesn't care. He's a kid, and he's having fun. Tuff decides they need to steal the real ninja scroll so they can learn how to be a ninja properly, though. So another cut, this time to that night, and we see Tuff and Kirby sneaking around in the dark. Kirby looks really cute sneaking around because he's being very careful, and he's just, just smaller because they're using a top-down view, and he's got a flash on his hand. It's just a cute scene. It just looks really cute on Kirby because that's what Kirby is. And they sneak into Escargoon's room, and they find the scroll and they steal it while he's sleeping. Then when they get into the hallway, Kirby senses something and sees a figure in the dark. And depending on the lighting of your TV, you can see the figure in the dark too. Or a computer. He then turns on his flashlight and he sees a ninja! They make a bunch of noise which wakes everyone up. Now Escargoon's awake, King Dedede's awake, Tiff and Falala and Falala are awake as well, and they all come over to where they are. And the villains see the scroll and they're like, hey, we want that back, but Tuff interrupts him and says, no, you're not getting this back, but besides that... There's a real ninja in the castle. And we see a ninja is hanging from the ceiling again, and they've got a really good grip, because it's full-on just hands holding themselves up to that ceiling. King Dedede doesn't believe them, of course, he thinks they're lying, but Tuff protests. But no one saw a ninja as they ran there. So people came from every entrance, there was no ninja there. Which means the ninja's got to be somewhere still in this area. So Kirby gets his flashlight and starts looking around. And then he looks up, and he finds the ninja! The ninja loses their grip and lands on Tuff, directly on top of the boy, and they get the scroll as it comes loose out of Tuff's hands, and then they run off. 
Then everyone is about to give chase, but the ninja turns around and throws a smoke bomb and hits all of them at once, and they get away. The ninja gets pretty far. They get all the way to Capitown, but the alarms are going off. People know there's a ninja running around. And so the entire village confronts him, and they throw shurikens at him. So Capitown is a, is a cappy ninja village now, and they're all throwing shurikens at this ninja. He gets overwhelmed, so he throws a smoke bomb at his feet, and he disappears, and they can't find him. He ends up, of course, at the tree in the center of town, and he's hanging from that tree. He's hanging from one of their branches. And then we finally hear the ninja talk as he asks, What's up with all the fake ninja stuff? <laughs> Tiff, Tuff, and Kirby get to the tree and search around for the ninja. Unfortunately for the ninja, the branch breaks and he falls down in front of them. And his scroll gets caught on another branch and opens up in front of them as well. When Tuff looks to the scroll, the ninja jumps in front of the scroll and says to keep away or prepare to battle a real ninja. In the Japanese version, he says, Look away from the scroll or face Benny Kage the ninja. They never give his name in the US version. I said that before earlier. And this is the point where he's supposed to give it, but they don't give it. So I'm just going to call him Benny at times, just for short. He threatens them and then throws his shurikens at them and misses. And they hit the ground. And the kids are, of course, surprised by the miss because it's a real ninja. Then Benny tries again and again and keeps throwing more ninja stars and keeps missing them. And the kids get a little disappointed that he's a bad ninja because like, wow, he's not very good. Tuff actually says he throws worse than Kirby, which is pretty mean. Now, at this moment, Benny Kage says the shurikens are plastic anyway and just cries. In the Japanese version, he cries at his ineptitude instead. By the way, in the Japanese version, those shurikens, they make a metal sound. He totally tried to kill these kids. He's using real shurikens in the Japanese version, while in the US version, they're saying they're plastics. Because, of course, you don't want kids to want to throw real ninja stars. So they learn from Benny that the scroll is actually a report card, which means it's useless. It's just got items on there of what he was being graded on, which means everyone's just making assumptions on how to be a ninja. The triangles all mean fail, so he failed his entire ninja's courses. That's very unfortunate. And why he wanted to scroll back is so no one would see how humiliating it is. This dude hasn't succeeded in anything as a ninja. He don't want anyone to see it. That's not great. Think of your report card if you got straight ups. You want anyone to see that? And Tuff then decides, you know what? He's going to teach Benny Kage and Kirby how to be ninjas, which has to be incredibly insulting to Benny Kage. And he does make an angry face when Tuff says that. But he takes it anyway. He still learns to be a ninja. So the next morning, the Cappy Village of Ninjas are all tired from running all night looking for Benny, and they're asleep. And then we go over to see that Kirby and Benny Kage are practicing throwing shurikens, and Kirby is cutely enjoying himself as always. Tuff keeps barking instructions at them, but they're both making zero progress. I wonder why. Could it be because this is not a ninja instructing them? Could it be Tuff, who has one day of experience when it comes to ninja stuff, is instructing someone who was went to actual ninja school? Like, what? It's such a weird concept that Tuff is teaching Benny Kage when Benny Kage has actual ninja skills. He's actually done stuff, he's just not very good at all of it. Just really weird. But I guess, well, Benny Kage's just hoping it'll work, I guess. Back at the castle, King Dedede summons the ninja that Meta Knight was talking about. How convenient. He wants to hire the ninja to steal something. The ninja says at first that he's no thief, but once he hears it's a ninja scroll, they have his attention. Cut back over to watching Benny Kage and Kirby throwing shurikens, and Tiff and Tuff think they're still not great, but then they see one ninja star get embedded into the target, and they're really excited, and they ask who did it, but Benny Kage says it was neither of them. That's because we've already got them here! King Dedede is there with Escargoon and the ninja, and they want the scroll. Tiff and Tuff laugh it off since it's actually not an important scroll, but a report card. But the ninja still wants it anyway, because he doesn't believe them. Tuff says 
He doesn't want to give it to them since they're jerks, basically. And, well, this doesn't go well for them because now the ninja's going to go after them. Now, in the Japanese version, the ninja thinks they're telling a weak lie. He just doesn't believe them. And, yeah, all you know as this ninja is King Dedede wants an important ninja scroll. And these are kids, so they're probably going to lie. And also, who's going to hire you for something as dumb as a report card? So, he's going to believe that this is something important. So, the ninja demands the scroll, and they don't give it to him. So then Benikage takes the scroll from Tuff and runs away, and the bad ninja catches up. By the way, he does this by running towards them, and he jumps off Kirby's head to catch up with Benikage. After that, Kirby makes a face that says, Oh, I'ma kill this fool. I'ma kill him. Kirby makes that face. He's like, oh, he did not just step on my head. Kirby is not happy about it. Falala and Falalo then show up as the two ninjas stare each other down. And they info-dump to the crew that according to Meta Knight, this is the ninja that betrayed the Star Warriors, and King Dedede summoned him to get the scroll back. In the Japanese version, they tell them what his name is as well, and that is Yamikage. And we never hear this name in the US version either, which is unfortunate. I don't know why they didn't give us the names. So let me describe Yamikage. Yamikage is like a bigger version of Benikage, but he's like a full-size adult, and he has that typical samurai hair bun on the back of his head. While Benikage looks like a wild Ninja gear, this guy looks more like an upside-down egg in shape, but he's got bigger arms and legs and everything. But he's got big red eyes and a scar on one eye. He also wears black instead of red, and his name translates to Dark Shadow. He's voiced by Eric Stewart, who's also the voice of Meta Knight, so that's funny. We've talked about Eric Stewart a few times in the past. Refer to episode 3 for the full lowdown on who Eric Stewart is. But I'll mention right now that he's the voice of Meta and the Knight, and he was the voice director of Pokemon for the first six seasons, and that's enough to tell you. Now, the Japanese voice is Ishin Chiba, who is best known as the voice of Jin Kazama in the Tekken series. And he's been active since 1990, but that's a lot of extras and minor characters, so you'll mostly just know him as Jin Kazama for like the last 30 years. He's been in it for 30 years, and that's it. Don't, not to diminish, he's been, he's been very active, it's just Jin Kazama's all he's known for. He does have a voice that I kind of know, and that is Sean uh, Matsuda in uh, Street Fighter 3. That's Ken's Brazilian student. We then see the two ninjas duel. And this time, Benikage's sword isn't plastic, it's real, because there's a lot of metal clashing going on here. The two trade sword blows a few times, and we then see Tiff tell Kirby it'll be up to him to uh, defeat Yami. Because of course it, it's Kirby. <laughs> we then see Benny charge at Yami, and it's easily dodged. His sword gets embedded in a fence post, and Yami stands on the blade and watches it just fall through the, the fence, and then he jumps off and calls him a fool. Now, the Japanese version is a lot longer. We see Benny get beat back and nearly stabbed a few times as he hits the ground while he's, and dodging while he's fighting Yami Kage. It's really unfortunate they cut this fight short, since the US version just makes it look like Benny Kage is just way worse than he is, since all we really saw Benny Kage do is, like, trade a little bit and then go for the charge and get beat. Whereas the longer version is, they trade a lot more, he nearly gets killed, and then he goes for the charge and gets beat. Like, there's just more to that fight. Benikage then frees his blade from the fence, and doesn't get killed from Yami somehow, who I guess is taking pity at the moment to just make fun of him. Because he totally could have killed him while the sword was in the fence. And then Yami senses something and throws a kunai behind him. It hits Meta Knight's cape and sticks him to a tree. And this is supposed to be just reminiscent of what happened before. With a kunai, he stabbed Mennonite in the foot to the ground. This time he stabbed him through the cape to a tree. So he's really good at just sticking Mennonite, I guess. Benny then charges Yami again and gets knocked away. Yami then hits the scroll out of Benny's hand with a ninja star, and King Dedede grabs it and plans to build a ninja army with his Waddle Dee army. So good for him. Yami then goes for the killing throw with a kunai at Benny's face. 
but Kirby sucks it and becomes Ninja Kirby. Now, the way this transformation works is we see a ninja star swirling from above, and then Kirby does lifts his head, because his head is where the swirl is, and then his head just has a transformation of the hat, which is that kind of like... Best way to put it is, if you ever seen like a Samurai War movie that's that helmet kind of thing going on there, without the demon mask on the front, or just like, just it's just a, a typical ninja headgear thing that you maybe have seen on, on some ninjas or samurai. And he's also got the hair bun as well, just like Yamikage, and he's got a green star on the front of the visor of it, and he's also got himself a ninja sword, so that's pretty cool right there. Kirby's ready to do some damage. And then Kirby goes on the offensive! And he just goes up and just starts hitting his sword against Yamikage. He's just slashing and slashing, and he's putting Yamikage on the defensive. So that's pretty good right there. And Kirby is throwing out sword slashes. Like, he's sending out sword beams at Yamikage, and he's deflecting or dodging them. And Kirby does a double sword beam, showing that Kirby's really getting better at swords. But then Yamikage answers back with a wind attack of his own. And this makes Kirby stop, because it's just a strong wind gust. And then he hits him with another wind gust, which knocks Kirby back. He actually calls out his attack in the Japanese version, which is translated to Wind God. But he doesn't say anything new as version, he just does the attack. So, yeah, just different versions of things. When Kirby gets knocked back with the second wind attack, Yamikage rushes in for the kill. He goes over to Kirby, lifts up his sword for the stab, to stab it right down into Kirby, right into his face. The kids are scared. Tiff calls out to Kirby's name. Because she thinks he's going to straight up get killed right now, because he totally is. And the sword, you get to watch this, goes straight into Kirby's eye. He stabs it into Kirby's head, right into his face, right into his eyeball, right there. Jinx will probably have a freeze frame of this on the screen for the YouTube version. And Kirby's just sitting there dumbfounded with a sword in his face, right in his eyeball. Holy crap. But then, if you pay, if you've played the games or know what ninjas are, Kirby disappears. Benny Kage shouts in shock that Kirby's learned a teleportation technique. In the Japanese version, he calls it doppelganger technique, because that's exactly what it is. It's, the, it's a ninja technique. Yami is confused because Kirby's not in front of him anymore, and then Kirby reappears behind him and grabs him from under his arms, and they fly up into the air, and then Kirby slams Yami Kage back into the ground, doing the Kirby ninja suplex in the games, and it's super effective. So this is a really nice thing from the games. This is accurate to the games. Kirby, when he is using the ninja ability, sometimes if he gets hit, he'll actually disappear, because that was a fake Kirby that got hurt, and then he'll reappear, and they can grab the enemy, and then do this big slam with them, and it's like a giant suplex, so it's pretty cool that it's in the show. That's pretty awesome right there. So after the suplex, Kirby loses his ninja powers, but thankfully it was enough. Yami lays defeated on the ground. He got wrecked. And he calls out that he'll get his revenge, and he then disappears in a puff of smoke. Kirby looks around confused as to... Where's his newest playmate gone? Because Kirby was having fun beating him up. And King Didi and Escargoon comment that the ninja was a coward, and then they drive away because they think they have won. They're like, you should wear yellow. We then see Yami running away from everything, saying it must have been Midnight he saw. And so that means Kirby must be a Star Warrior as well, and they must be the last two, which means he's going to be back someday to have his revenge. Midnight tells Kirby then that he's surprised him this time, but he won't next time, so they must train harder. Uh, unfortunate fact, we're never going to see Yamikage again, so all that training for something else. Later that day, everyone says their goodbyes to Benny Kage on a bridge. He plans on going back to ninja school and passing with straight circles. Seeing Kirby improve so much has inspired him to do the same. Thing is, of course, Kirby is kind of a special being, so good luck, Benny Kage. Kirby is a just, he's a prodigy, or he was just, Kirby's just infinite power. <laughs> Kirby's kind of powerful, so 
Good luck, Benny. Good luck. By the way, we also will never see Benny again. It's unfortunate. He then says, check this out, and jumps in the air and disappears. And everyone's impressed. But then they hear a splash, and Benny Kage is struggling to stay afloat in the water. As he's floating down the river, Tiff asks if he can swim, and he says, that's his next class, so he better get practicing now. <laughs> Everyone says goodbye as he drifts along the river. And in the Japanese version, he says he doesn't know how to swim, so he's learning at this moment, so... Yeah, he's trying to just play that off. And as Kirby waves goodbye, the usual star outro flies around like a ninja star and then lands on Kirby. The end. Like I said a minute ago, we just never see Benny Kage and Yami Kage again, which is too bad because this was an interesting plotline. Also because Ninja Kirby. Like, a former Star Warrior who killed a bunch of Star Warriors because he betrayed them for Nightmare Enterprises. Some revenge right there for Meta Knight. Kirby getting to fight a ninja again. Benny Kage showing that he has become a better ninja. All that stuff we're never going to see, and that's just really unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. I am just... There are some episodes in this show that are going to come up that are not as good as the prospect of a ninja episode. It's just really too bad. I really like this episode. By the way, the music's pretty good in both versions of the ninja fight. I like that a lot. Sometimes, like, I feel like the US version paid a lot more attention to what was going on with the show when they did their music, while the Japanese version, they just didn't. Which is unfortunate. They're like, we'll just put some fanciful music right here. It's very unfortunate. So that is everything that has to do with this episode. I guess they cut the fight short for time, but come on, the fights are great in the show. I wish it was longer. But next episode is going to be about episode 25 of Kirby Right Back At You. That is a fourth through this anime. We've been doing this podcast for over a year. Holy crap. And the 25th episode has to do with Escargoon's mother. And Kirby being the bestest, most sweetest boy. It is a very cute episode with some action and entertainment, but it's mostly Kirby being really cute with Escargoon's sweet mother. So I can't wait to talk about that episode. Also coming up soonish will be the next Kirby video game episode, which will be covering Kirby's Dream Course. That game is actually a lot longer than I thought. And uh, yeah, here's the thing about it I want to mention real quick. Kirby's Dream Course. If you played it like way back when and you beat and everything, if you didn't know this, if you got gold medals and everything, you got double the courses. There were bonus courses. A bonus course for every course in that game. So the game was twice as long as you thought if you never got full gold. I never did as a kid. So, oh man, there's so much content to play for this game. So look forward to that eventually as well. And again, please share the podcast if you can. I'm going to be covering everything that has to do with Kirby, and I like talking about Kirby with other Kirby enthusiasts. So come on, share me around. And so that right there is the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. I had fun talking, and I hope you had fun watching and or listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time. (laughs) 